It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Jason Perry with the Hinckley Institute of Politics. I'm joined by Morgan Lyon Cotty, also with the Hinckley Institute. Morgan, uh, so many beautiful things in the state of Utah. Uh, of course, I'm not sure there is a more beautiful state anywhere. There isn't. It's a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. We love these parks. And for, many people know our next guest. But when you talk about who sells the state of Utah the best, you have to go no further than Vicki Varela, who's the managing director of the Utah Office of Tourism. I've had a chance to work with Vicki for a lot of years now. And, and Vicki, we're just so glad to have you with us because you are doing such a great job uh, take, taking care and, and promoting the great resources of the state of Utah. You're very kind, Jason. It's great to be with both you and Morgan. Well, let, let's jump in because you know none of these things happen by accident. Of course, we got the we got the most beautiful state it is, but the strategy about how to handle these great resources and talk about visitors, how you uh, attract them, and of course how you help businesses also is something you've been working hard on. I'm I'm, I'm curious because I've heard you talk about the Red Emerald Strategy, something that you have been yeah. working on. Talk about that for just a moment as we talk about uh, the rest of your efforts as part of this great great office. Yes, our work at the Office of Tourism is guided by the Red Emerald Strategic Plan. It's a rare stone mined only in Utah called the Red Emerald. It's highly sought after, an exquisite gem, and that's what we want the Utah tourism experience to be. Not just for our visitors, but for the hosting communities. We are working to build a a perpetual tourism economy that is based on quality of the experience Uh, so that imagine visitors coming and being well prepared when they come to travel in Utah's unique landscapes. Uh, As you said, there's not a more beautiful state. Our governor likes to say when God created uh, Utah, uh, he was just showing off. Uh, And I add to that that Mother Nature played favorites here. So it's a unique landscape, and people need to come really well prepared um, uh, to uh, visit responsibly, uh, to understand desert landscapes, uh, to leave no trace of where they've been, to stay on trail. Uh, if if you got to go, you have to go in the right places. Um, so um, what we embody all of this into for our consumers is forever mighty. Uh, everybody knows about the Mighty Five. We both take credit and we take responsibility for the demand that that created. And so under the Red Emerald Strategic Plan, we're telling people to spread out, uh, to not just go to the national parks, but to really immerse themselves in all the other interesting places that would be national parks in other states. Vicki, I completely agree. I often say that extra magic or fairy dust or whatever was used, especially, I'm sure when we're talking about those Mighty Five and we're talking about Zion Canyon, 
Um, but when you're talking about encouraging people to spread out, what's some of that practical advice you have to either people who are in Utah or hoping to get away or people who are traveling the state? What advice do you have of getting beyond um, getting into the wilderness and enjoying these beautiful places and maybe not those those ones that have become pretty crowded lately? Yes, that's right. So uh, we have um, 44 state parks. Uh, two new state parks are being um, uh, organized right now. So we'll have a total of 46 state parks. And many of them have uncrowded conditions. Uh, and many of them are comparable to our national parks. So that's a place to start. They've done an amazing job over the last number of years in building out amenities. Uh, you can go on to our website, visitutah.com, or the state parks website, and find out about yurts, um, mountain biking trails, um, all sorts of amenities that make them really amazing destinations. And then in addition to that, there are um, BLM trails. Um, local communities have trail networks. Uh, we can actually thank tourists because over the last five-plus years, we've been building out more trail systems within uh, local communities. And, and the funding for that uh, comes from transient room tax, the tax that people um, pay when they stay at hotels and motels. So um, it's really important to plan ahead. Uh, it's not so easy as it was uh, 10, 20 years ago to just go pitch a tent somewhere. You really have to anticipate um, and, um, and make sure that um, you have a place to stay. Well, it's a it's a great point, and it's a sign of that it's just so popular as well. These great sites and well deserved. We have people coming from all over the world, but we have people all over the state of Utah that just love going to our own parks. Uh, just in the last minute or so, we we have uh, Vicky. How are our, our small businesses doing? You talk about that transient room tax. Our our rooms are starting to fill up again. How are these businesses recovering? A little bit of a, a view of what's coming for the summer. You know, the recovery is going better than we had expected in most of our rural areas. Uh, we're still in recovery mode, and it's still going to take some time. But the places that are really hurting are those urban convention districts, because we don't have big bowling conventions coming back yet. We don't have big gatherings of people that will occur until we're a little later into this year and and into 2022. Uh, so they're still feeling the pain. Well, they are. And you had me at bowling tournament convention. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're going to have to take a break from there. Uh, thank you so much for spend, spending some time with us. And I know the Utah Office of Tourism, everyone should go to your website. Of course, everyone should know you as well. Thanks for taking such, a, such great care of our great resources and promoting us just so very well. Great to be with you. Thanks, Vicki. Well, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be talking to to Richard Orlandi. We're going to be talking about vaccinations, Morgan. I'm excited. It's interesting. (laughs) It is indeed. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.